0: Hello and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of bite Size Cybercrime, the podcast where we discuss cybercrime and cybersecurity news. One concern with cybersecurity lies within more and more machines being internet connected. Personal assistants like Alexa, smart garages, smart refrigerators, smart light bulbs, and even smart surveillance cameras all bring up new security concerns. If these devices get hacked, they can be big invasions of privacy, but worse off, they could be a foothold into the rest of your network, the one weak link that is needed to break in. Smart devices may also not be as obvious to secure than a traditional machine. They may not have a portal that's easy to access, they may have default credentials you need to change, there's a lot that could go wrong. And you also need to keep in mind, these smart devices don't only exist in our homes. Industrial systems also take advantage of smart devices. Machines can make very precise decisions and monitor things like levels of chemicals in water, and make changes where necessary. However, if these controllers get hacked, it has the potential to poison the drinking water supply of an entire population, or disrupt an entire power grid if not caught. Thankfully, in the case we'll be discussing today, the water supply was not poisoned and no one was harmed, but the implications are still important to talk about. On November 28, 2023, CISA announced that they were responding to a cybersecurity incident of a programmable logic controller or PCL used in the water and wastewater sector. Cyber threat actors began targeting these PCLs, and one facility identified to have been affected is the Municipal Water Authority of Alakipa in western Pennsylvania. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, western Pennsylvanians. The threat actors were identified as Iranian based group called the Cyber Avengers. The first D in Avengers is spelled with a three because it's really cool. In response, the Water Authority immediately took the system offline and switched to manual operations. An alarm reportedly went off that alerted the facility of an attack. This allowed them to quickly switch over without any kind of negative effects on the water supply. Thankfully, water safety controls were not compromised and the communities served by the water municipality were not impacted. A message from the attackers did appear on the display of a compromised system, though I could not find this specific message online when I was researching the topic. Based on what we know about the group, though, it is likely a political message about the Israel-Palestine War. The group had previously claimed that any equipment made in Israel was a target of theirs. Some attackers don't necessarily hack for monetary reasons. We see ransomware groups so frequently now that some people forget about other motivations. Hacktivists will often commit cyber attacks to spread a political message, in this case against supporting Israel in the war. Attacks like these are meant more to scare people and bring about change rather than give attackers any kind of financial benefit so their methods are typically different. And unlike ransomware threat actors, they don't care to negotiate. The station that was hacked serves two townships with a small population of just over 7,000 people total, but this also demonstrates that you are never too small to be a target. In fact, smaller targets may have worse security due to being underfunded or understaffed with quality security professionals or just not having the knowledge to maintain secure systems. Even though if this attack was successful, only a handful of people would have been impacted, it still spreads quite the scary message to the rest of the country. A specific attack vector was not confirmed, but it is suspected that the device had an insecure setup, as I was kind of implying in the beginning of this episode. As I said before, this is a concern for a lot of smart devices. They often have default passwords, and users may not be aware of how to update the security of their devices. It's recommended, especially for PCLs in an industrial setting, that the default password is changed and that multi-factor authentication is enabled for any IT access that's needed, like maintenance or administrative tasks. Multi-factor authentication uses two different factors to authenticate or log into a system. Most commonly, this is a password, which is something you know, and a one-time code, which indicates that you have a registered device. Without one of these factors, something you know and something you have, a hacker can't get in, even if they have the other factor. Programmable logic controller systems also should not be exposed to the internet. There needs to be some sort of layer, like a firewall, to prevent it from being accessed outside of the internal employee network. Even if IT employees need to access these systems remotely, they should be using a virtual private network, or a VPN, to securely connect to that internal network, rather than some online portal exposed to the entire internet. CISA, the same group investigating the attack, also announced back in September of 2023 that they would offer free security scans for public water utilities, and this case is the perfect example of why that should be taken advantage of. These free scans are also available for more critical infrastructure facilities like other utilities, and it was co-developed with the Environmental Protection Agency, the Water Sector Coordinating Council, and the Association of State Drinking Water Administrators to ensure the safety of drinking water to the public in an age where cyber attacks could have a devastating effect on regular citizens. Weekly reports would also be sent with recommended actions on the results of the scans and re scans performed to ensure that these issues were appropriately addressed. Although nothing bad happened in this case, that doesn't mean something bad could never happen in the future. So I hope more local water authorities take advantage of this service from CISA. Thank you to CISA.gov for both information on this particular attack and information on the new program to help secure our water infrastructure. And another thanks to Bleeping Computer, The Hacker News, and CyberScoop for more information on this attack. And of course, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Bite Size Cybercrime, and until next time, stay secure!